0: and welcome everybody to the first episode of Parental Misguided with Beck and Sarah. I'm Sarah Westling. I'm Beck Reed. And this is going to be a no judgment podcast that will serve as a guide for watching all your favorite movies from your childhood with your children. And today Beck and I are going to just talk about um, ourselves and our kids and why we want to do the podcast. Yes and welcome. Welcome to our our joint venture here. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's important. I see a lot of podcasts that are parenting podcasts that um, are kind of like trying to tell you how to be the best
1: at and yeah. I don't think that's our wheelhouse. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. This has been an opportunity to really look inside and see where you mentioned before where our hard lines are. I'm discovering where my hard lines are. Yeah. And it's An opportunity for other people to discover where their hard lines are and what they are willing to overlook for the sake of art <laughs> <laughs> and what you're not. Yes. Yeah, so, um, hard lines,
0: um, Beck and I were talking about it. We're both pretty liberal. Um, As far as parents go, Mm -hmm. we aren't um, really trying to shield our kids from everything in the world. But every parent has a line that they're not going to have crossed. And I was telling Becca story the other day that I discovered what my hard line was when my husband from the other room said, (laughs) hey, wouldn't it be funny if I showed the kids Tropic Thunder? (laughs) Look, it's a funny movie but there's a lot of really gross racial slurs and stereotypes. And I discovered in that moment that my hard line is ugly racial humor. And that in fact affects some of the things that we're going to show to our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I also personally have a strong prejudice
1: against Tom Cruise. (laughs) I I
0: will, I will second that. (laughs) so i'm gonna say that if i can avoid tom cruise movies for my children then i'm gonna do that like what if i raised four adults who don't know who
1: tom cruise is <laughs> who've what? never heard of tom cruise Which i feel like i'm doing something i don't you know? think i've ever shown my kids a tom cruise movie and i can't think of one that i would show them maybe what was the space alien one um where they come up from the ground that's tom cruise yeah um War of the Worlds? War of the Worlds, yes. Yeah. I
0: can't think of a single one. You know, I personally love Rain Man. Oh, yeah. Dustin Hoffman. And just, you know, talking about problematic movies, which is the point of this podcast, things that we loved when we were kids um, or growing up in our formative years, that when we watch them now as adults and when things are more um, politically correct or um, we're just aware of how art and words and pop culture affects people who have been marginalized to see that these movies aren't great. They were not great. Right. So for me, for rain man, I right off the top of my head, you know, I think that the R word was used a lot Mm -hmm. in that movie and my kids know that's not a word you use. And I have many autistic children or children on the spectrum And I just think that some of the ways that that film handled autism, um, I can remember that lady in that small town doctor's office. He's artistic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, just the whole premise of the whole movie that you have this uh, child who doesn't live up to your expectations. And so you just send them off to a... Uh, facility and you never introduce your other child to this yeah. child yeah hot water burn baby that's his memory yes
0: hot water, <laughs> <baby. That's right. laughs> but dustin hoffman was so good and he was so yes. gentle in that role that he was doing great work yes but tom cruise he was playing a piece of shit because he is a piece of shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's yes. no actor. He's really connected to that part. I think. So I think that that's um
0: that's kind of what we're going for here is the idea that these movies hold places in our hearts, but we were not fully formed yet. Yes. And so sharing these things with our kids, I find I have to pause movies and talk things out with my kids mm-hmm. uh, a lot when we're watching things. So this episode is just kind of to talk about what, what our plans are um, mm-hmm. and to talk about who we are as parents and what children we have, because we, we do have a lot of overlap. You and I, mm-hmm. we do, we do. And so you guys can take from what we're saying and put it through your own filter of, I'm not as liberal. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more. Liberal, um, my kids are older. My kids are too young. Take what we're saying in a kind of um a neutral playing field yes, and distill from it what you need to show these films to your kids. And yes. I think that's what, what our goal is. So,
1: and I, but- a lot of ways we ha- are seeing these movies, even though these are, I think, all movies we have watched before, it is really like seeing them with a new pair of eyes. Yes. Once you're a parent, you're, you know, not just the time perspective of how things have changed, but how uh you we have changed as parents and what we want to show and certainly very different from what our parents
0: oh and what the hell were our parents think
1: was it that we didn't have all the media choices then and so you a a hit movie came out you all went to go see that movie it's not like now we're in my house in particular, we all consume media on our own terms. My kids are, they each have their own things they're watching. They've got, uh, you know, their videos that they like or, you know, movies that they like. And and maybe not even, I don't think two of them even watch movies that often, but we don't consume it as a family anymore. Not in the same way that my parents did with me. If there was a good movie out, we, we, all jumped in the car and went to go see the movie together. We went and saw, you know, Jaws came out, we went to go see Jaws together. Didn't there was no concern about oh she's seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah although I will say my daughter did see Jaws when she was
0: seven. <laughs> so that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I'll I, tell you what.
0: I go know ahead. To be true. My parents wanted to watch what they wanted to watch.
1: Exactly.
0: So they did not care that we were yes. also in the room. Yeah. My mom loved movies. She loved the home video collection. And if she was pulling out the ironing board or mm-hmm. folding towels or whatever, grading, my mom was an educator. She was grading papers, building a lesson plan. She wanted to watch what she wanted to watch. Yes. There was no child control of the living room television.
1: Oh, oh absolutely. That was an unheard of thing. I was the remote control. You know, the old joke of you were the one to get up and change the channel. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, I, I I don't know. Did you watch soap operas with your mother growing up?
0: You know, I don't know if my mom watched them um, when I was much smaller, but she was more into the daytime talk shows. Oh, okay. And things like that, Sally, Jesse. Mm-hmm. But my mom, like I said, she was a school teacher. So the only daytime television that i remember was during summer vacation okay so that was more of um my mom did not stop working um until my younger brother was born
1: same Um, my mom did the same thing my mom was a working mom when i was a child and then i have a brother who's like 10 and a half years younger and then she was a stay-at-home mom at that point for a while which
0: my father was more established in his career at that time and my mom went back to work after my little brother started kindergarten, mm-hmm. but yeah, she wasn't home with me and she wasn't home with my older brother. She was working and she was teaching. So my memories are in the evening, um, late night type stuff. You know, my mom was a night owl. So if I couldn't sleep, I can remember going up to the living room. My bedroom was in the basement cause I was from Missouri. So we had basements. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would. In the basement, and my mom would be the only one up, and she would have her movies on. And there was a rotation. <laughs> there was a better chances than not that it was either Urban Cowboy, oh, so good, Pretty Woman, uh, uh, Officer and a Gentleman, mm-hmm. or um, uh, like Steel Magnolias was a big one in terms of endearment. Mm-hmm. And she watched movies. I mean. Uh, just thousands thousands of times i told you the other day when when my mom passed away i had to go through her things and there would be three and four copies of <laughs> and i'm like what is happening well this one was the first copy and then there was an anniversary edition mm-hmm. and this one had even scene. and it never occurred to her to get rid of the other ones like replace what one if in, i one can't out.
1: find the other one then i need to have the backup
0: exactly that's so that's so some of these movies i had three and four copies of so sisters got them i have one my brother has one yeah just a lot of that kind of stuff going on
1: and i don't remember having a lot of uh home video things we were big going out to movie people we you know i'm I'm a little older um (laughs) so uh ours was a, it was an adventure, you know, we went and saw a movie uh, probably every weekend we went to the movies and, you know, we'd stop and get our candy and, and that was our thing. And then when we were home, a lot of times we would be watching, you know, old, old movies, you know, we'd right. be watching the Gene Kelly's and things like that, which I don't have a huge, I've seen all those movies and I know I've seen them with my mom. I don't have a lot of memories of us sitting down to do that together. But it was the same thing of, you know, I was home alone a lot. And so I had my own things that I would watch and, you know, whatever was on TV at the time. I did watch a lot of All My Children with My Mom, which, I mean, both of us exposed to, uh, talk about some adult subjects between Sally, Jesse and All My Children. We were, <laughs> we knew about secret pregnancies and affairs <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah, I don't think my kids would have any, you know, and it's not because I'm trying to protect them from anything. It is just simply a matter of what we consume is just so different in how we do it. And ever since we we also um, cut out cable a couple of years, maybe a year ago, two years ago, and that took away all those options of just turning on and seeing what's on. And, you know, oh, I love this movie and I'm just going to sit here and watch this movie. Now you really have to seek out your entertainment. And you know what I really want to watch is this. And you tend to go towards more new stuff. So this has been a really good opportunity for me to go back and say, you know, this is a chance for us to get together and watch something as a family. And what are those movies? And, and what should we watch tonight? And so it's been really fun kind of getting into that purposeful entertainment of we're all going to sit down and watch this and we can talk about whatever I, uh, you know, if there is a problematic part, but there's a lot of times when I'm watching a movie where I'm like, wow, I did not realize for that. <laughs> I didn't remember. Maybe I didn't even understand it. Yes. At the time. That certainly. Happened. Well, I'm so I am my mother's daughter.
0: I um I can remember when I was a child that I would um would record on the VCR. Yes. The bane of my husband's life is that he has had to move boxes of V. <laughs> we and- still have one box. <laughs> and back to Texas. And I won't get rid of them. But you know what? And this is something that Becky and I share. Do you know what I have is some really prime stand up comedy.
1: Yes, that is not
0: available on the internet. That is not available to be purchased.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: have Pam Stone and Thea Vidal's pair of jokers. Oh my God. the Brian Regan and Dennis Regan pair of jokers. Oh. I have really old Richard Jenny stuff. Wow, they would do on Showtime, um, on HBO, they would do holiday marathons of stand up comedy. Yeah, and I would run in from the Fourth of July setting off fireworks. And change out my VCR tape. Yes. I've got Carlin. I've got Kennison. Yeah. I wrote such classic stand-up comedy that my husband was just like, how did you have, because I'm married to a comedian. You and your husband owned a comedy club.
1: Yeah. And my husband was a comedian too. So most of my comedy is his. Okay. (laughs) This is eight and nine and
0: 10-year-old Sarah running in sweat. From the backyard in Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. to change out a VCR tape, yes, marathons. I mean, I couldn't have married anyone but a stand-up comic.
1: I feel the same way. I <laughs> when we when we met, Ken said, "I knew oh, we were going to get married." Every book you owned was about comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a huge SNL fan from the time it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. Staying up and my kids have no interest in watching SNL with me. Right. Um, but that was where it all started and I would stay up and I would uh, I was also a huge SCTV fan. Mm-hmm. I would record it every Friday night and then I would get up so so sad, sad little Becky. I would get up every morning before school and watch that week's episode. so I would get up at like 5:30 in the morning so that I could watch <laughs> it again before I went to school. I mean, that's it, though. That was, <laughs> it, oh, I
0: lived for that. that. Forms your personality. And I honestly think a lot about how I am influencing my children's future adult personalities. Oh, that is so, so true. That is so true. So I, um, I am a mother of four. My husband and I have um, a 13-year-old girl, Kennison. We have uh, almost 10-year-old Carlin, 7-year-old BB and four-year-old Keaton. So as far as what you were saying earlier, Mm -hmm. Kennison is not interested in watching television with her parents anymore. Yes. But what she loves is when she finds something that she loves on Netflix, and she watches it 20 times in a row, when I finally sit down and watch it, and she can talk to me about it, Mm -hmm. that's what she likes. We do watch some TV shows together, but she won't watch movies with us. Mm -hmm. Now, my Carlin, my 10-year-old, She actively seeks out what John and I watch because that's time she can spend when you have four kids in the family, solo
1: time is rare. Oh, so important.
0: So she likes to watch things with us and we talk about it. She's my questioner. Mm. So the one that I'll pause it and we'll have a discussion. And when she understands it, we'll go back in. So it can take us four hours to watch a movie, (laughs) but she understands it at the end. Yes. Now, B.B., is she's our comedian? She likes what she likes, and the more irreverent, the better. <laughs> this is a guy who has been in love with every single Amy Poehler, Tina Fey movie she's ever seen, and she knows it's naughty, Yes. and that she that she shouldn't say the words or do the things, but she loves that she gets to see it. Mm-hmm. And her movie right now that she's is her favorite is Step Brothers. Oh, yes, Step Brothers, which has testicles <laughs> drum, 40 year old man testicles teabagged on a drum kit hilarious <laughs> to her the funniest thing if she could teabag someone like <laughs> me this is my seven-year-old <laughs> and what a seven-year-old girl
1: if you're here if it's a seven-year-old girl you could just seven-year-old girl
0: <laughs> loves it so she's the one who will slip out the most cuss words She's the one who will accidentally say something really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yep, But her comedy is like there. Yes. Like she's former. And then my four year old, I don't. He, I you, you underestimate children so much. Yeah. He is around when we're watching like, the murder shows. We're watching. John and I are rewatching the wire right now. And so he's hearing all of the N words.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but he's not really paying attention, but it's soaking in yes so he'll surprise us every now and then with a little golden nugget of something <laughs> that he. Paid. but you know that that's where we're going at so I am um I am not worried about what my children see so much as what they understand they're seeing mm-hmm. and that's always been my philosophy for for the parenting through um content yes if, if you understand why it's bad and that why you shouldn't say it, Mm -hmm. Then it exists in the world. I cannot keep you from hearing it or seeing it or knowing it. I would rather you have a full understanding of why it's bad, why it's offensive. Mm -hmm. And then you've really learned something. Mm -hmm. And then you can make a decision in the future if you see that in something else, Mm -hmm. how you feel about it. And I don't police my 13-year-old's viewing at all. Like, she's in her bed. Watching on her laptop. Yeah, I don't know what she's been making her way through ten seasons of American Horror Story Ugh. at three o'clock in the morning. So as long as she is not keeping something in her head and stressing about yeah. it, or trying to figure out how to how to make sense of it on her own, I don't care what she watches. Yeah, but I know that a lot of people are more protective at, at certain ages. Mm-hmm. So. I-
1: I don't think that we were, uh, you know, like I I think I said, I don't, haven't really tried to shield them from these things. It just kind of happened. Um, My, I have a 14 year old daughter. She, uh, Hazel, she loves anime. I do not like anime. It is like being screamed at in Japanese for an hour and a half. I can't take it. It just stresses me out she has horrible taste in music she loves like all the you know Japanese pop music where it's all sped up really fast I forget how yeah. it's called mm-hmm. uh she loves all that and so when she's trying to show me her shows I'm just like oh honey can't we watch something we both want to watch because <laughs> you're just torturing me right now so we have- <laughs> yeah I just I just can't I just can't even listen to it and so she's Really worked hard to try to get her brother and sister to enjoy her things, and so when they have a chance to do that, she will usually jam it down their throats and insist that they watch you know what Black Butler they're watching right now for the thousandth time, but they don't <laughs> really consume any. Mass media. I mean, it's they they just pride themselves on their nerdiness. And I'm like, God, I wish we could sit down and watch American Horror Story. That would be so much fun. I would really enjoy that. And we'd get such a kick out of it. But they want to do their own thing. So I really have to kind of like make it a an event when we do things together um I have an 11 year old son Milo he I get all my kids have dog names Hazel Milo and Lola um <laughs> I all my kids are yes. <laughs> 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 that's that's right yeah I name mine after dogs you name yours after comedians um <laughs> yes. who'd all great things to say about women <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you're gonna have some interesting talks about that <laughs> well john and I, when now that it all said and
0: done we cannot believe that our daughter named after george carland is the least of the problem right right because we have kennison for sam kennison yes. who was very on stage mm-hmm. and then my sweet seven-year-old is named after bill cosby <laughs> who knew we had it good with her now my (laughs) son is named after um buster keaton and michael keaton yes and they're good
1: they're so yeah
0: he's um we have a lot of friends who feel strongly that we should have named him after a female comedian oh because Uh, the
1: girls are named after girls and i
0: i have to say we very much were in favor of tomlin but it's too close to carlin yeah yeah it's too And Keaton is perfect. He's a Keaton. He loves his name.
1: It's already hard enough to yell. I'm already yelling three different names. I'm yelling, you know, whatever your name is, you, you over there.
0: We followed the the rule that K sounds are funny. All of our kids have names are either K's or hard C's because we
1: have Kennison, Carlin, Cosby, Keaton. Well, and I am a, a Becky. I'm not a Rebecca. I am just a Becky and I have hated my name my whole life. So I never, and I always hated it because of the E sound at the end. I uh-huh. just, something about that just graded. And so none of my kids have E sounds at the end of their names. They're all Milo, Lola, Hazel. All I felt more uh, sophisticated <laughs> to have that. Sounded out tone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I have dropped the E. I'm, I'm in the process of dropping the E throughout uh my life I when I you know started work and stuff I stopped going by Becky and although everybody still calls me Becky but I'm trying Uh, I mean stick to it I I gotta (laughs) just stick to it so but my 11 year old he um he does get to watch some of these movies he does enjoy them when we watch them together he's he's kind of a movie guy he enjoys it uh and then my seven year old is just so happy to spend time with us like a seven-year-old is but yeah but all my kids have um anxiety issues so certain things I'm like it's just not like jaws I would love to show them jaws I have such fond memories of my dad telling me when the jump scares were coming and to watch my mom so that I could see her jump and that was such a treat for me to know that was coming I didn't have to watch it on screen plus I could watch my mom and see her reaction to it. And that made wow. it awesome. Uh, but if I were to show Jaws to my seven year old, nobody sleeps. We'd never go to the beach again. <laughs> Bathing <laughs> would be out. Well, I said
0: Carlin saw Jaws when she was seven or eight. Yeah. And I told her the same thing that you said. I was like, I will let you know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. You didn't see the shark for a long time. Guess what? I forgot the head. The- saw the head in the <laughs> completely <laughs> about it. The head he loved it. She loved being scared. She yeah. loved the anticipation. She has a Jaws blanket, oh like gosh. a felt blanket that has the Jaws poster is the whole blanket. Love oh Jaws. Gosh. Love the story about all of the tiger sharks eating the sailors. It's so good. Love- <laughs> it's so good. And it's for me when I'm showing my kids those movies, um, it's like a master class. Yes, you're seeing all of the the you know the performances from Scheidner and Dreyfus, and um, you know that 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 one scene where 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 Quint's telling everybody about the that mm-hmm. this mini, this mini came out. It's a brilliant scene, and then I get to say he was shit fit drunk. Yes, for. In that scene, so she loves to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. She likes to hear all the the like whenever movies are like cursed, yes, and there's real-life tragedies that happen to mm-hmm. like on set. Like she hasn't seen Poltergeist, but she will love the backstory on Poltergeist and how everybody in that production was like cursed.
1: And what a great movie too, because it is. I, I love that movie, and I really want to show it to them. Uh, Gosh, it's just such a great ghost story. It's probably, I think, one of the best ghost stories where it is, uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I couldn't even really put my finger on why it's just so good. There's no real gore other than the guy peeling his face. Not a gory thing. Not, it's just so beautifully told and done and right. such a classic ghost story. And then you look at what happened to Dominique Dunn and you yes. look like, what happened to little Carol Ann in real life.
0: And Mm it makes this, like, this whole vibe of it makes it scarier.
1: And Craig T. Nelson is a trumper, that's, that is frightening.
0: Yeah. It's so good (laughs) to have the, the, the information that behind the scenes stuff that we have now and things like IMDb, where you can go to this section. I mean, when I'm watching something, I'm on IMDb. Oh. Like, always. hundred percent want to know what fucked up thing happened with that movie. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. So it's, um, I get enthusiastic. I become excited when I know something about a movie, when I can share a little tidbit with my kids while we're watching it. Um, one of our funny things is, you know, John and I lived in Los Angeles for nine years together. He lived there before he was with me, but he and I lived there together for nine years. Kennison was born in LA. Uh, okay. Conceived in LA, born in Houston. But um, look, we, my husband is a performer. I worked in. Yeah. I worked for the Hallmark Channel for five years. I I have met celebrities. I have yeah. Gutenberg story. <laughs> it's all of these things. So we'll be in. The, we'll be watching a movie or a TV show, and I'll I'll pause and I'll go. That's our friend. That's we know him. We know her. Yes. And my kids are like, okay, boomer. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, wait. Because one of my favorite things is um, the first person to find out that John and I were engaged was Sarah Silverman.
1: Oh my gosh. We were not
0: friends with Sarah Silverman. Yeah. We knew her, but John proposed at magic mountain in Valencia. And then he had sure. set that night at the Melrose improv. So um, we called our parents, of course, but um, we drove down and he had, we, I went with him to the set. And so the, Sarah Silverman was she came and sat down next to me at the back of the room, and I was like, We got engaged today. Ah! <laughs> she was so excited. She was like, today, Because John was on stage, and then she was like, You're engaged to him. I was like, Yeah. She goes, Well, I should stand up and say something. I was like, No. Oh my God. But she was like enthusiastic about it. And I had seen her, you know, I met Adam Sandler at the improv and Chris Rock at the yeah. improv. So, like, these are legit people, and I'm not trying to say we're yes. best friends. But, um, you know, it's fun to watch a movie and be able to go, Hey, that's our buddy that we, you know, w- Yeah, we- I know that person. Yeah, I know. And then my, and Kenny, this is Kenny's favorite thing to do. She goes, really? Could you call him right now? Would they know who you <laughs> are? And I'm like, that is not, there are different levels of knowing
1: people, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> we had dinner one night when Hazel was, oh my gosh, I think I was pregnant at the time with my, with Milo. Uh, so she must have been about three and we had dinner with Taylor Negron oh. and Fancy Ray McCloney. And we took a picture and I'm, you know, huge at the table. right? And those two guys are on either side of me. And I'm like, this is the most surreal picture <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> to show my kid. of uh, We just sat together and had dinner with these two amazing creatures that I, just were going through town. I loved him. He was. Oh, he was a treat.
0: Special. I have a picture of Kenny at about six months old being held by um, Barry bostwick who oh is like Brad from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, I was. I was held say... by Brad. Yeah, and then yeah, was, you know, it was um, Spin City, and uh, uh, you know all that great He was stuff. the mayor, right? Yeah. He was the mayor. Yeah. I. He's holding her. He's physically holding her. John is on one side. Barry's holding Kenny, and I'm on the other. And I'm like, this is you being held by a celebrity. From yes. You've seen, like, why don't you believe me? He signed right. a headshot for her. It says, Boo oh goo gaga, love uncle Barry. <laughs> ah, uncle Barry. I sent him <laughs> it to his personal address. He had me mail him my VHS copy of Rocky Horror Picture Show. He autographed the cover and sent it back oh, to me. My god. I spent two days with this man at a at a cable conference. Yeah. It was his handler. I mean, I have, these are like real things. When I was pregnant with Kitty, yeah. Dick Van Dyke sang to my belly. <gasps> was, oh my God. Kennison, Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins sang to you in my stomach. And she's like, I don't know who that is. I was like, you're a terrible person.
1: <laughs> you are a oh my
0: terrible person.
1: <laughs> like you were anointed child. I don't know what, to, <laughs> I don't know what to say.
0: Never going to be good enough. Until I know parties parading through our house in Shenandoah, Texas. It's not real. Yes. You know, John's uh, one of John's best friends. um, Sean Rouse was in the second men in black movie for 10 seconds. Oh my God. And his face fills the screen. And so I can be like, pause it. And you know, Sean's son is like um, four months younger than Kennison. they were baby friends together in LA. So I pause it on Sean's face in Men in Black starring Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and then show right. a picture of Sean Rouse holding her as a one year infant. Like there's daddy holding Sean's baby. Sean's holding mm. you. Look, you're being held by someone who's currently on your television. Yes. Yes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter.
1: No. A They're so hard to impress. Grateful <laughs> teenager.
0: So yeah. Yes. This is <laughs> this is what I get to bring to my children's viewing experience. And it is falling on deaf ears. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I will usually say, oh, oh yeah, I know that person. Oh, you know, uh, having the comedy club, we'd have, you know, not everybody on their way up. Sometimes people were on their way down. <laughs> but, but I love them too. Those were the exactly. people on my
0: VHS tapes from when, when I met Dom. Exactly. Vera. Dom Herrera. Oh, I love Dom Herrera. I don't know what Dom is doing. I met him at the at the Melrose Improv, and I was like near tears. Yeah, I was ready to cry. I was like, "Dom, I have loved you since I was a child." Oh my and god! I believe that I am. Im- I mean, and he was like you said. Not everybody's on their way up. Dom was right. You know, right catching sets at the pig fucks at the Improv. Yes, and he was overwhelmed because at the time I was like early twenties. Yeah, I don't know how many young early twenties women were fawning over Dom. Right. But (laughs) I was desperately in love with Dom when I was a child. I would quote his jokes all the time. Yeah. I mean, one of the coolest things ever when, when I first started hanging out at the last stop in uh, river Oaks, when I was like 21 was that I had just a year or two before was in love with the Aspen young comedian special. And it was such an amazing one because it was Louis CK, Dave Chappelle, Dave Attell um oh I'm forgetting someone and then like a guy that I don't I don't know but it was it was like four amazingly famous current but they were young young comedian special at Aspen and my girlfriends and I like senior year in high school we would watch it oh Anthony Clark Anthony Clark was. There. Oh,
1: I loved Dan. Oh, Boston so, Commons loved um, that show.
0: Yes, yeah, so my girlfriends and I would like quote their jokes to each other. Like it was when <laughs> he was doing that, trying to feed beef to a cow, stupid cow, eat it, <laughs> cow. Like we would say these jokes to each other all the time. And I have met all four of those people. Yeah, in different experience. Like I have clubbed with Anthony Clark. <laughs> I have gone clubbing. Oh my god, with Anthony Clark. And um, it's such an odd life. Because now, like, my kids, all they know is stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Penny doesn't yep. remember when I worked. I have not been, um, you know, I have not worked since I had Carlin. So, it's been almost 10 years since I was, like, going to work and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't remember our life in L.A. She doesn't remember that I was the breadwinner for yeah. a couple years of her life. And, um, <clears throat> she knows all she knows is just the one that stays at home and, and takes care of them, mm-hmm. And it's just, like, such a weird little... Um, opinion of me like her version of me That's yeah
1: not real I don't it doesn't ring true to me well it's like how when you were a kid and you thought your teacher like lived at school and you'd see them outside <laughs> the school and you're like what are you doing you don't belong at target this is the outside <laughs> world you stay in that world and this is where we live. (laughs) And I, my same thing. I worked, uh, you know, we started the club when Ken, you know, he stopped doing comedy and we started the club and, and so I was working there for all those years and they haven't, I went back to work this year and then just got fired officially on Tuesday. Um, (laughs) 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 Hooray. And uh, so they have never known me as this person who goes off, to work really, you know, they knew the club and they knew we had a, uh, uh, a club in Minnesota and we had above our house, we had our house. The top floor was an apartment that we used as our, uh, comedian, uh, Kondo. condo. Yeah. It was the comedy condo and it was right above our house. And so they would be coming in and out the, we didn't share a door. They had their own door and stuff, Right, but it would be like, Hey, do you see that guy over there? He's on that, uh, he's on that TV show, you know, or, you know, we'd watch their yeah. late night appearance. It's like, did you see that guy last night? Did you yeah. see that guy on, on Jimmy Kimmel or on David Letterman or, and so they just thought that was, you know, like there's a TV star staying up in our attic. You know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that was John, so cool. John, John always wanted to um,
0: have like a comedy club in Houston that was reminiscent of the Laugh Stop, and, um, yeah. you know, we have big lottery plans for having a franchise and things like that. And the comedy condo being, um, uh, home adjacent is like the dream.
1: Yes. <laughs> to have- it was amazing. I remember after my third was born, I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember who it was. It might've been like Dave Williamson or some, someone like that who came down to make sure that I was okay. Cause I was home alone with these three kids. Ken was at work all the time and he came and he's like, can I just go out to the store and get you something (laughs) you doing? Okay. (laughs) Or he'd bring me flowers or, you know, certain comedians would be so sweet and they'd come in and like, Hey, can I help you unload your car or, you know, um, whatever. They were just so nice. It was such a fun sense of community of having them stay upstairs. It was so much fun. And I think that's, what's important for this podcast is a lot of the movies um,
0: that I remember being um, <clears throat> in love with were were yeah. comedians they were stars mm-hmm. in a comedy um, a funny thing for me is a lot of my favorite movies like if you ask me my top five movies two of them are Robin Williams movies but he's not it's not comedic They're he oh really dramas yeah the world according to Garp and what dreams may come are two of my favorite films and um, novels and yeah. it, the the idea that this funny person is so dark as they Mm -hmm. often are. They're so dark on the other side of it um, that it it just makes them such great dramatic actors when they don't have to be clowns. Yes. When they can go to those darker places. And um, it's a, it's such a weird little world to live in. And Mm -hmm. um, so that influenced a lot of my movies and and what I want to show to my kids. And so naturally those things are going to be problematic. Because the comedian at the height of their comedy is going to be raunchy and mm-hmm. the envelope. And there's going to be like ball jokes. And, and yes, boobies.
1: they'll have been given carte blanche yes. to do whatever they want. And on yeah. the other
0: side of it, it's just going to be like dark dives into depression yeah. and, and rage. And so I don't I think that these movies are valuable. Oh, definitely. That they are um, character building. Mm -hmm. to see what people are capable of. And that's why I don't want to filter Mm -hmm. for my children. I want them to be able to process them on their own. So I think that this podcast is going to be a way that you can show your kids something that's a little bit maybe above their pay grade. Yes. But give them the information to, to understand what they're seeing. And so what we're going to try to do each week is watch a film and we'll got, we'll let you know at the end of each podcast what the next week's film is going to be. And we're going to, um, you know, talk about the film, what platform you can find it on. I think we're going to try to stick with the the streaming services, which so that nobody's having to like go out of their way to buy a movie, to rent yes. it. Um, just right off the bat, we'll talk about... Um, you know, what it was rated at the time it was released and then maybe some kind of conversion for inflation. Uh, yes. <laughs> it should be an R rated movie
1: nowadays, but it was a PG movie then. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll adjust the rating system for inflation. Well, PG-13, I'm not sure what year that even came about Yeah, because PG I was A lot of
0: spins in the beginning. Yes. P- there was
1: a big difference between PG and R. It was yeah. a yeah wide gulf there (laughs) we'll talk about that like maybe what it should have been yes um,
0: or what it would be now Uh, i think that as you can see we have 13 14 year old we both have 10 11 year olds Mm -hmm. we both have seven year olds so we'll kind of base it on our experience of i would let my 10 year old watch it but maybe not the seven year old right so then you guys will have a a little bit of a yardstick for your Mm -hmm. personal family dynamic um, yeah. so we're going to talk about our childhood connections to the films. Um, I think if we trade off the idea of who picks the next week's movie, then we'll have a strong memory um, that we can share and, mm-hmm. um, and why it was beloved to us. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty um, of how to avoid the bad parts in whatever way you seem, you feel is bad for your kids. So should you know the time code to skip ahead 20 seconds? should we say at this time have your kid cover her eyes or look to the side or plug her ears there'll be parts where we say maybe pause it and have a conversation real quick about what's coming yes. or maybe this just isn't a movie that you can share yet maybe this needs to right for your child to be a little bit older
1: or it's not worth sharing at all yes maybe it's great as we remembered it maybe it wasn't as great and maybe it was you know it was really funny at the time but now it's just now knowing that everybody has feelings, <laughs> not just straight white men. Uh, that maybe you know, because I do think they learn a lot. I've I know I learned so much about society and nuances and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable from the movies. Right. That's where I learned. You know, oh, it's not okay to do this. It is okay to do that. And so you kind of learn those things that, you know, you maybe don't get from other places. So sometimes there is going to be something to learn from it.
0: Yeah. And talking about how consent is a fairly concept.
1: So there's so much consent in the 80s. Yeah.
0: Consent (laughs) is not a thing before 2015. So we'll talk about Ugh. that, and we'll we'll um at the end of it all, we'll talk about does the movie hold up? Is mm-hmm. it still good? Is it still entertaining? Does it still have a value um for anyone to watch, or maybe this is just is not a movie that should be watched anymore. This one just needs to right. go to the movie graveyard hmm we'll just talk about the good parts we remember, but never show it the light of day yes so we'll
1: keep those memories inside (laughs) of how funny we thought it was when we saw it maybe our version could be funnier than what's actually (laughs) and what and what movies are are due for a uh maybe a reboot and uh maybe this time we do that same movie and we leave out um the the gratuitous the titty boob shots yeah
0: So I think that's what it's going to do. We, um, we have come to a decision that our first um, real episode. Yes. Is going to um, cover the movie Ferris Bueller's day off. I have so much to say. So much to say. So uh, <laughs> we will, we will record our next episode um, and it will be about Ferris Bueller. And if you guys have some uh, favorite parts or you have some ideas or thoughts, if you have suggestions of films that you'd like us to cover, you can reach us at parental misguided at gmail.com. And um, we will both be releasing them on our personal Facebook pages. And we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll see, maybe we need to make up a Facebook page specifically for the podcast where you guys can contact can us.
1: Interact. Yes. yes. We'd like your interaction. We would like your input. Um, I'd like to know what we have missed. If there were things that we completely just, it went completely past us and we didn't catch it at all because everybody's got a different, uh, perspective and different experience. And, and so things that we found like, Oh, that was really uncomfortable, you know, might not be that for somebody else. And likewise things we might be like, Hey, I'm totally cool with that.
0: (laughs) No kidding. So I think I'm going to look at it with a little bit more conservative eye than I usually have. Yes. Um, in a mu- in a movie watching experience for the for the process of the podcast, but um, when something like doesn't really bother me, I'm gonna I'll say this doesn't bother me. Yes. But yes. I'm not. But it, it not, might
1: somebody else. Yeah. yeah. I'm not raising it. Good- exactly. Yeah. Just kind <laughs> of a wider blanket to try yeah. to you know. Maybe, you know, this movie has no problems for me, but other people might find yeah. some things. Uh, and and definitely I would put Ferris Bueller in that. You know, it's um, one of those things where you can easily watch it without a critical eye and go, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's fine. Yeah. But, you know, you and I live in Texas.
0: We've got, our kids have friends where if you say God in the house. it's Oh, a, yes. So there is a wide range. It there is, is a very wide, wide range. So we're going to try to be a little bit more um, broad in our um, in our reporting. And um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I look forward I to the next week when we're back with you watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And um, thanks so much for listening, you guys. This has been Parental Misguided. I'm Sarah Westling. I'm Beck Reed. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Thanks. Bye. Bye.